Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Misfit Minutes podcast. I'm your host, of course, Jade. If you're new around here, welcome. If you're not new around here, welcome back to the chaos. So for this episode, I have but one very special guest, but a special guest nonetheless. I have Matt Kilver from Lacking. Matt, welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. Haven't it's been a little bit, not too too long, but it's been a few episodes since I talked to a Virginia native. So uh, <laughs> it's nice to talk to somebody from the state where I don't have to like, you know, explain exactly where I'm from because Yeah. Not that I don't love our out of state homies. Of course I love them. I love all my guests. However, like someone that's like from the scene, like from that knows kind of like, yeah. you know, what, you know, the ins and outs and whatnot. Understands the vibe. Yeah, because Virginia is a is a really interesting vibe. Absolutely, especially when it comes to heavy and fast music. Oh, for sure. Um, what were like, what were some of the bands like you kind of looked up to as a kid? Oh, so it's funny that you mentioned being a Virginia native because I'm actually the one in the band who's not from Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in Connecticut, but I haven't been in Virginia for the last 10 years. I came down here to go to college uh, and I got stuck. No, you're officially um, a native. Yeah, it's been 10 years. I'm good. Yeah, you're you're a native. You've been indoctrinated. Right. Right. Your accent's going to change a little bit. Yeah, um, obviously there's like there's kind of universal bands and heavy and fast music that we all heard growing up mm-hmm. that uh everybody has like their their gateway bands and stuff like that but once i got to virginia for sure everybody was talking about municipal waste lamb of god you know guar the local heroes um and then i also loved uh, down to nothing a lot uh in college and i remember seeing them a couple of years ago there was like a uh uh what do they call it it was, uh, it was for um vinyl conflict they had like a customer appreciation thing and it was like down to nothing in a parking lot and it was awesome <laughs> that's dope um yeah. where did you go to college at i went to randolph macon in ashland wow so weirdly enough i think that was on my list of places that i wanted to go to oh yeah um i ended up going to Ferrum instead Ferrum, cool yeah, Randolph Megan wasn't so bad. It's a, it's a small town, Ashland. I tell you yeah. what. Yeah, it was that. It was um, um, George Mason University mm-hmm. Tech. Did not get in. <laughs> I got waitlisted for GMU. Um, like it was like they were just now sending out letters. So I got my letter from GMU saying that they were going to waitlist me. I cried for like eight hours straight. 
I woke up the next day, checked the mail, and had my acceptance letter from Ferrum and never looked back. Easy. Easy choice. I mean, you know, (laughs) it it was a... My mom really liked Ferrum anyway, and I mean, it ended up being a great place. I I met my husband at Ferrum, so... Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I know, right? Um, So it... Every school and every place, everywhere you go, no matter what, has its, you know, positives and negatives. But overall, um, I wouldn't trade it for anything going to a small place like that. That's the only way you ended up here, right? This is true. This is very true. (laughs) Um, If I wasn't for Ferrum, I wouldn't have met the guy that I originally started this podcast with. Um, And yeah. And then, you know, he ended up having to leave because he had some personal stuff going on. And so I've been just kind of doing it on my own and it's been two years of the musical wow. yeah i know it's insane like <laughs> it's like if i start and think about it i'm like oh my god like i wonder how like how many interviews have i done like how many shows have i been to or helped promote and just like if i stop and think about it i start getting nauseous a little bit <laughs> you're, you're building a resume here <laughs> i need to, i need to honestly i don't know if i don't know how i would like chronicle all of that but like i don't know i'll have to find a way maybe i can get um something within like production or not production but like promotion or Mm -hmm. uh, booking one day who knows that'd be sweet but enough about me um (laughs) let's talk about lacking a little bit um how did the band get started uh, so I feel like this is the story for uh, lots of bands that do the the DIY thing. And that's that we had all been playing shows with each other's bands previously. Uh-huh. So the term, you know, super group is a little bit dramatic, but it's more like, um, you know, each of us saw something we liked about the other's performance. And um, mm-hmm. we had been playing with each other, like I said, playing shows with each other for years. So um Rooney and our former singer Rory had been playing in this band Brain Buster um which is named after the wrestling move um gotcha they had been been playing for for years and they're both from Fredericksburg and Dakota our drummer grew up in Fredericksburg and so he already knew them um he had been playing in his own bands and then he and I played in a band called the Donalds for a few years together Mm. and uh Eventually, it was just a situation where they needed a bassist after uh, they did their their first release. They called it Baseless Accusations because they didn't have a bassist. Um, Dakota told me I was just joining to record the next release. Um, and as is apparently a common theme in my life, I got stuck. And <laughs> now, <laughs> now we've in, been... Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's, it just works. Um, and that's part of what's so cool about this group is that like, we got a lot of different, um, musical aims kind of smashed all into one. It's not so much that we kind of came together with a specific purpose. It was more just like, we recognize each other's talents and we know something good is going to come out of it. Nice. Um, I know you mentioned earlier about like the, the bands that kind of everybody listens to, but, um, you specifically, what were some of the ones that um really inspired you in terms of this particular project like mm-hmm. or were there any in particular that really just kind of really pushed you forward i guess for like a better word hmm. i think we all love spaz um i am probably the most new to the, the the whole power violence thing i'm the one that throws off the musical radar a lot we um we answered this question recently for somebody else like 
who inspires you musically? And Rooney is a Ramones core guitarist, and he'll tell you the same thing. It's power chords and play it as fast as possible. Dakota comes from death metal and just wants to blast the whole time. Um, We have to (laughs) encourage him to slow down a little bit. Um, Our new singer, Brennan, loves local power violence and power violence from across the country. And he loves grind. And he's like probably the most immersed in it. Um, I listen to like power metal most of the time. (laughs) So I was um, the more uh, recent uh, initiate into the power violence thing. I think we all revere spaz. Um, and that that 90s thing um you know man is the bastard all the all the the big ones drop dead i think is the band that we more closely sound like and now we're starting to be like all right how can we do more stuff like drop dead because they're awesome nice um i will say in terms of just power violence as a genre like i'm still fairly new to it as well i can talk to you like about like like hardcore and some punk but like yeah i'm i guess i feel like like i don't want to you know be one of those like boomer type people that are like genres just, <laughs> just genres, rock and roll um, man <laughs> separate us just rock and roll man like no i'm rock and roll but i mean i feel like i feel like genres are needed to kind of categorize things just so like if people are looking for a specific thing that they don't they don't end up looking or listening to something that they don't really like or vibe with and then they got to start all over again on their uh, mm. their journey but at the same time i feel like especially nowadays a lot of genres are combining and even especially within um hardcore and deathcore like i feel Absolutely. like everyone is taking bits and pieces from both and creating like a hybrid which is neat because you get the best of both worlds you get that raw bite from hardcore and then you get like you know the the riffs and the the ambiance of deathcore for like i guess for like a better word so it's like like i said it's the best of both worlds for someone who's a fan of both me and, I'm a fan of both. and that is definitely the tug of war going on in hardcore too because there's there's a part of and you can say that you know some bands lean more toward one side of this than the other but i think everybody is constantly having this internal battle of do i want to try and push it forward or is it more valuable to like uphold the great traditions? You know, should we still be putting studs on our jackets and, and, you know, making our Mohawk as big as possible? Is that the most important thing? Is it the most important thing to be as heavy as possible? Um, should we be worried about having bad production on purpose or should we be taking advantage of modern recording techniques to, you know, enhance the, the heaviness? Um, I think that is kind of the internal fight that's going on with every band um and we are (laughs) we are no exception yeah and um i think that watching that internal conflict i guess is interesting Mm. especially when bands like will put out like one album that kind of sounds like something like one thing per se and Mm -hmm. they put out something that sounds a little bit different and then they keep going and i mean we could talk about like old hardcore and punk and stuff all day long but um i know for me personally when i first started listening to hardcore like it was a it was a tiny bit difficult like the stuff from the 80s and 90s just because i was like wait what's happening but once i got over that and started like i fine-tuned my ears to be able to listen to the stuff i was like okay this is really neat and it's 
very expressive, which is something that I've always admired about hardcore was that it was, mm. it's extremely is aggressive and there's all this emotion out there. Like these guys are like pouring everything out on stage and then they get off stage and they're a completely different person. They're like, Oh, Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm like, you were just screaming just now. Like wh- what? So yeah. um, I was, uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to do like audio or video before we were setting up this talk. And I was thinking like, do I need to stop by the practice space and get my ski mask? Because it <laughs> might make no sense at all if I get on camera and people see somebody that, I mean, I've, I've had experiences before where we'll play a show and we play with our ski mask on and I take it off and people are like, oh, uh, do you play tonight? And I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like I put my shirt back on and I took my ski mask off, but like, yeah, you did. I'm same guy. <laughs> um, that's kind of fun though. I mm-hmm. I appreciate the uh, um, living a double life type of thing going on. My day job is in IT, so wow. I'm already living a double life. Um, you asked about Zoom, like, unfortunately, I live on Zoom for eight hours a day. So, Ugh. rip. Oh, you're familiar with it won't work the thing won't work i can't get it to do the thing i mean yeah i work at a hospital so if we if something happens and like so if one of our systems goes down we're on the phone with it and i'm like hi hello um this is broken can you fix it and they're like well you know i gotta put in a help desk ticket it's gonna take some time yeah. I'm like why <laughs> why will this take time you can just fix it now and they're like i literally can't and that's the double life, right? Because on the punk and hardcore side of things, you just do it. You just, yep. you just yell. <laughs> hey, we gotta fix this. All right, cool. And it ends up being fixed, and then it's fine. Easy peasy. Um. So I was gonna ask a little bit about. Um, I'm curious. What was like the first time you ever heard like, like a hardcore or a power type mm. song? Like when you first heard that first note or that first that first lyric what was that experience like and how did it um kind of inspire you to to dive deeper or to you know to start your own projects respectively Mm, that's a good question i mentioned that everybody kind of has like their own path toward um getting into heavy music i think the first time I heard uh, something that was like harder than my dad's music, right? Um, I had the benefit of having an older brother who is eight years older than me. Oh. And he was playing like Metallica uh, in his bedroom. So I would hear Metallica at like, you know, age nine, which is probably a little earlier than um, plenty of other kids were hearing like heavier, faster music. And yeah. obviously Metallica is like dad metal, right? Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta step <laughs> it up. Dad metal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my my first like and everybody's you know got a different feeling on where the line of heaviness is right but the first time I heard something and I was shocked by its intensity and speed uh I heard Children of Bodom because somebody used a Children of Bodom song for a World of Warcraft PvP video and this was in wow. like early like season 1 World of Warcraft in like 2004 or 5 so I was I was like 13 or 14 and I heard uh yeah I heard Children of Bodom's song Downfall and I'm like whatever the hell this is I need to pull on this <laughs> <laughs> that was uh yeah I was just amazed at the intensity and the depth 
because I, I don't know if you listen to Children of Bodom much, but the the depth they get with two guitars and the keyboard layers, like the levels of spookiness, uh, I was absolutely inspired. I just, I mean, I started painting my nails like the next week. I'm like, I want to be like Alexi. I want to, I want to play guitar. I'm going to wear bandanas. Uh, yeah, I was, I was smitten. Um, I kind of had that same moment, but it was a little more recent. It was like three or four, God, it was like three or four years ago now. Because I'd always listened to rock, but I listened to, I guess, what you would categorize as like dad rock now, like, <laughs> like, like, uh, like Breaking the Bad line moves, you know, disturbed <laughs> and like stuff like that. That's what I grew up on, Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward, I found hair metal and like you know, like 80s, 70s, 60s rock. Fell in love with that. And then um, I found like some metalcore things that I like, like you know the the basics, asking Alexandria, Bring mm-hmm. the Horizon, Pierce the Veil, like stuff like that. And then I went to Blue Ridge and I saw Not Blues for the first time, and it was an eye opening experience to say the least. <laughs> yeah, like, they're intense. I, like dude, like gets on stage and sounds like SpongeBob, but he's the angriest dude there. And I was like, what the fuck? Like this. I don't understand. double life. Like I don't understand. Like I don't know what's happening, but I'm here for it, and I had a great time. Um, and from then, I just kind of like I want to hear more of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. So I looked up like what's knocked loose, what genre is knocked, <laughs> and then it came up with like all these different bands of, of you know different people. And I was like, wow! Like I was, I just grew fascinated with, um. Like stuff like that, and from there, like I started doing like research online because I'm a nerd and I like researching things. So it's out like, there. Go grab it. Oh yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. It just like it, I feel you. You ever see those like movies where the main character has like a moment where they go on and they start like Google searching things, like like pause. I'm gonna sound really cringe for a second, but have you seen Twilight? <laughs> You know, I've actually never watched the movie like all the way through. I know the concept, but I think I I managed to avoid it at the at the key time, and then Fair. somehow I've managed. My my partner always wants to watch Twilight. I don't know. Really. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where like in the fir- in the very first movie where she's like figuring out that Edward's a vampire, and she does like this cringy ass Google search, and it comes <laughs> up with all these like uber specific images of vampires and shit, and I was just like. This is that was you. Like, yep, that was me. But I was like looking up like Code Orange and um, Kublicon, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, I had that moment, and then from then I just kind of fell in love with it. And I did research. I found videos online about like like New York hardcore and and different things, and mm-hmm. just kind of I liked the energy and the aggression, but the like we said earlier like the living a double life type thing where you know they see these artists get on stage and give out so much of themselves but then as soon as they get off stage completely different person it's like nothing ever happened you're like oh hey i'm a little sweaty but i'm a nice guy i swear <laughs> well it's kind of unsustainable right <laughs> to to, yeah. to be that intense 24 7 like are you like screaming at yourself in the bathroom mirror at two in the morning you know like Give it a rest, bro. Guys that listen to <laughs> trap be like. And like, 
people uh even if you're into intense heavy music you you have a full palette of human emotion that you experience and want to express you want to feel love you know you're mm -hmm. you're vulnerable you want to connect to people you probably yeah. like cats if you're into heavy and fast music so probably. you know how to be tender you know yep most people most people i know that either are in the scene or like just listen to heavy music do in fact like cats it just I don't, works. I don't know why I don't I, I wish someone would do a scientific paper on the uh connection because I find it fascinating I don't mm -hmm. know what kind of data you could gather but like someone needs to do it because I feel like it'd be a very interesting paper absolutely you mentioned doing research uh there's a there's a site that's specifically metal oriented so much so that like they they will not accept uh admissions from bands that are punk you got to be at least oh. like grindcore or more metal but it's uh the metal archives i'm kind of outing myself as uh as a neck beard here um <laughs> i actually can't grow a beard at all i have a baby face but uh the metal archives was a site that i spent a lot of time on a buddy of mine who is my fraternity brother. He helped me get my first job. Um, he was like the metalhead guy for the for the fraternity chapter, and so he passed the torch to me. Um, Aww. He's a he's a real sweetie and a close friend of mine. He um, is the absolute like metal historian, and he got me to ratchet up my use of that site. So if anybody doesn't know Metal Archives, good place to look. Um, it, they've got like bio information on bands how long have they been around who are they associated with there are similarity scores so like this band kind of sounds like this band you know to to what rating out of a hundred do they sound like this other band mm -hmm. um there's reviews and stuff it's a huge huge community website from what i would call the old internet um where yeah. forums live you know pre-social media gotcha i get you uh it's great metal archive big fan <laughs> what um just out of curiosity what uh fraternity were you in oh uh kappa sigma which uh Wait, means something i can't remember oh yeah international okay I, well i was in a local sorority at Ferrum, okay so that's why i was curious because we only had one national sorority and one national fraternity we had um d phi or delta phi epsilon and delta chi yeah we didn't even have those <laughs> I mean, and you know what this is another little uh little through line here a little interesting point of connection i might argue that just like fraternities work when you describe the letters to somebody everybody has their own feelings about what that is based yeah. on how they experienced it in their location which is kind of how subgenres work yeah uh, who's from the midwest and they say hardcore somebody from the east coast might call it metalcore they're like nah the way your genre is intermixed at that specific time with different you know communities of people involved you call it something different and you have different feelings about it i've had people where i say oh kappa sigma and they're like oh really i have to hate you now you know <laughs> i mean i wouldn't be lying to you if i didn't say that the locals at fair had beef with the nationals because there was only two of them so they kind of stuck to themselves yeah and so it was kind of like and of course, we had the the infamous and extremely well known, apparently for absolutely. I, I'm still baffled by this. We had an underground threat called oh. um, what was it called? Dang it, um, we do. 
and we do. yeah basically it was w-e-d-o and like i used to i remember asking because i used to hang out with them a lot and i remember asking like what does that mean and they were just one of the brothers just was like i mean we do everything and i was like what does that mean and i think they had like a party one time and they made like a bunch of jungle juice for everybody but they were like also like super kind and like make sure you know people weren't getting too bad off and could get home safe and whatnot and i was mm-hmm. like wow you guys are really great for doing that and dude just shrugged and was like we do everything and i was like what <laughs> so like That's a lot of responsibility for one group i mean but they hey they had been around for so long and like their old alumni from like 30 years ago would like come to homecoming and and like they were extremely close like there wasn't a whole lot of them at one time but let a big fair event happen and they were right there and like every college president like knew who they were like everybody knew who they were so it was like i don't know it's i always thought greek life was very fascinating because I originally I pledged to one group and then didn't make it and then um pledged to somewhere else and I made it. It's a it's a weird experience, Greek life, because in some ways it's so weird and um upper classy and kind of hard to connect to if you're like a regular person that's not used to, you know, the country club environment and exclusivity and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um the whole like secret society thing and obviously like fraternities have big big problems on college campuses with racism sexism homophobia like and i don't mean every single one of them i just mean every single one of them is vulnerable to it um Mm -hmm. you get a closed environment like that people start acting buck wild you know (laughs) they feel like they can make their own rules yeah uh it's you know i mean we had we had our share of incidents and things that happened we we did unfortunately there was a frat that got disbanded because a student ended up passing away and it was it was a really difficult time for everyone because it was like obviously you know the the people responsible needed to be punished um and you know the family deserved to have the closure um that they deserved and it again it was difficult because there was a point where they were considering getting rid of Greek life altogether they didn't but it was like, I kind of, I look back on it now, and at first it made me really upset. But then I think about it, and I'm kind of like, I mean, I get it. Like, I get why yeah. I'm considering that. And I feel like you could make the connection to, like, you know, the scene and, like, things that have gone on in the scene here lately, especially lately, that, like, um, I don't know if you've been kind of keeping up or if you kind of, like, kind of tune this stuff out, but there's been a lot of really just weirdness happening in the scene um what are your thoughts on kind of like why some of this stuff has been occurring Hmm. i think um without getting into any kind of specifics i think in general um it's always changing we talk Mm -hmm. about people recombining genres and every time you have recombining genres you have recombining of um groups of people that either aren't used to interacting with each other, aren't used to being at the same shows together, aren't used to dealing with each other and don't have maybe the skills <laughs> to um, navigate that kind of interpersonal stuff. So whenever weird stuff happens in relation to music, I think it has to do with that. I think it was a lack of experience with a lack of um, 
maybe bringing as much empathy as they ought to to the table. Um, I think too, like Greek life, heavy music and fast music has this microcosm of community where yes. you kind of do make your own rules, especially if you're doing DIY gigs at DIY venues, um, at places that are outside of the rule of law. <laughs> you kind of have <laughs> to make your own rules because there need to be some kind of rules. There needs to be some kind of enforcement for when people cross the line. You need to yeah. decide where that line is. And I think because not everybody has that experience of that interpersonal stuff, they don't necessarily agree on where the line is. So when the line gets crossed and something has to happen, there's this like disagreement about what needs to happen next. Um, I mean, it seems like in heavy music, let's just like narrow in on hardcore. There's a hardcore that's pushing forward that's very queer positive that's very um, race and sex and gender conscious. And there's a hardcore that's very traditional, right? And they're probably not used to being at the same gigs together. Yeah. And I've, yeah. I've read stuff online. I honestly, of the four of us, I'm probably the one that, um, despite being the one that runs the social media page, um, I'm probably the one that is least connected to um, goings on. Um, I live in the woods. <laughs> I, I, I work from home I live in the woods I love my spouse and my cat <laughs> uh but anyway um where was I going with that <laughs> there are um, we were kind of talk we were talking about kind of like um how there's different kind of facets of hardcore yeah yeah, yeah. people right, aren't right. really like used to being which I I get it um and I really had an over 30 moment just now um no, it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so i guess what i was getting at is that I've, I've read stuff online expressing how people like expressing in very simple terms how i wasn't used to seeing these types of people at my shows you know i was going to see this band i didn't expect to see uh the tiktok crowd or i didn't expect right. to see the tough guys or i didn't expect to see like young people for example um our and I use the term young liberally. Uh, our band is made up of three of us that are like 30. And our, our new singer is quite a bit younger. He's eight years younger than me, even though he looks eight years older. It's a weird <laughs> thing. Um, but in some ways, we're kind of disconnected from the younger crowd that's getting into um, heavier music and faster music. We're finding that because of the places that we like to play and the type of energy we like to have at shows we're like attracting um the younger kids college age kids even high school kids when we played on tour we had like um in florida we had kids come out to the cafe who were like under 18 uh and i'm wow. like how, how is it that what i'm playing is connecting with you because that is so cool <laughs> i would yeah. i feel like i would have a hard time culturally right getting on the same page but that's the reality of heavy and fast music, right? Like it, it offers something to so many different types of people. For sure. And then that's probably in it to, to come back around to the, the main point of your question here too. Uh, it's, it's a, a recombination of groups of people with different outlooks. I think is probably how we get there. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely like seeing like younger people at shows and stuff it is really enjoyable. Yeah. For me personally, just because even though I haven't been going to shows for that long, but I definitely know that there's 
a vibe of um like who is normally at shows and then you see someone who is like i don't know 18 19 and i'm i'm 27 so it's like wow that's really cool that you found mm-hmm. the music that i listen to now so early, right. like earlier than i did in life <laughs> like, that's really cool and um it's funny that you were talking about like like younger folks and stuff because the first when you said about like younger people being into um like the power of excuse me, power violence and grindcore and stuff like that. The first mm-hmm. person I thought of was Ratman. Oh, yeah. Instantly, the first person I thought of was Ratman. I was like, yeah. oh, that kid. Ratman's a sweetie. He, he's a good kid. Um, he's been on the show before. Um, yeah, I think I saw, I, th- I think I heard some clips from that one. Mm-hmm. He's definitely um, putting in the work and is out there and just, I mean, he's essentially, I think he does the project with one other person. But it's, yeah. um, he's putting in the work and putting good things out into the scene. So, um, and working hard early. Oh yeah, and which I mean, if you think about it, like a lot of the younger, or excuse me, but like a lot of like the older hardcore bands from like way back in the day, like they started off like super young too. They yep. just weren't. They just weren't. They didn't have the resources that kids starting bands nowadays have like now right. you have like facebook instagram twitter um or x or whatever it's called now um tiktok <laughs> youtube like all of that stuff like people like henry rollins and ian mckay they didn't have that no they didn't <laughs> they even just, have myspace nope they put up posters and and <laughs> old cds out of their cars or or at venues or whatever and dude i would give anything to have a time machine and go to like a really old like mid to late eighties, early nineties hardcore show just mm-hmm. to see the energy. And I'm guilty of it. I have a really bad habit of being on my phone sometimes. But just seeing people just not have their phone in their hand and just enjoying each other's company. Like yeah. I feel like it would be so cool to watch. I uh because I am uh pretty squarely in the middle of the millennial age range. Mm-hmm. Um I like first got a cell phone at like maybe 16 or 17, I think. My parents were trying to hold off. So I I think I'm I'm straddling the line of that like digital age where I mean I saw uh this is man this is this is a ridiculous story. Uh after I wrestled a bear once, uh released their first EP. So like five songs in. Mm-hmm. For some reason they went on tour and for some reason they went on tour from Louisiana to my hometown in Connecticut and they played at a VFW building because that's that's where shows were in you know the the early 2000s yeah um, VFWs and American Legions and stuff um and I saw I wrestled the bear once in my hometown and it was before I had a cell phone so uh, I can I can speak to that experience <laughs> it was probably very surreal like just seeing like people like just you know bouncing off the walls like stage diving and you know yeah. like, slam dancing and stuff like that and just not being worried about anything and again i can't say much because i literally always have my phone in my hand but to be fair i am usually taking photos (laughs) and also like all of the stuff we talked about you know the culture now versus the culture then and this scene versus that scene and young people versus old people we can't choose the circumstances of what we're dealing with here we're in a world with phones we're in a world with social media we're in a world with 
completely different tools and genre combinations and like we don't have any more control now than kids in the 80s did over like you know the violence uh <laughs> the crazy amount of violence in 80s hardcore where it was just like not safe yep. to go to shows unless you were prepared to defend yourself yeah um, or at least roll with a crowd that would defend you this is true like so just like those kids would not be prepared for this we are not prepared for that and that's neither here nor there we are that is that is true i, I feel like i would have to like be a ghost and that way i wouldn't like get hit immediately <laughs> Like, I would go right next to the stage and just be kind of floating there. But, like, <laughs> and people would just be going crazy and smacking each other and whatnot. And I would just be standing there and not getting hit and be like, okay, well, this is nice. I'm a weenie. I don't mosh. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for everybody who thinks lacking is made up of, uh, you know, muscular tough guys. But, um, no, I'm a weenie. Uh, I hang out in the back and, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like it's okay. There's a place for those yeah. people too. As long yeah. as I show my appreciation, I yell when the song's over. You know, I buy my merchandise. I'm 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 doing my part too. Yeah, it's. I mean, and not everybody's gonna be comfortable with moshing and stuff. You know, like. No. I feel like, I mean, I don't mosh like every single t chance I get. I will mosh if it's you know a band that I really like, or if I've just. You know, if it's been a rough day and I just need to get out in the pit and, and you know, and get active. Yeah. But in terms, like, every single show that I've ever gone to, no, I haven't. And that also depends on, like, the environment, too. Because, like, sometimes, like, if you try to mosh, like, it's just, like, you're the only one doing it, so you look really weird. So you're just, like, <laughs> like, I've seen that happen, like, at shows, like, dudes will, like, try to, like, get active and start a pit. And then, like, it's, like, two people. So they're just, like, having a blast, but it's just them. And... The last time I think um, it was at a place where it was on gravel because it was outdoors, and dude immediately fell, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, no, yeah, just, I was like, nah, just, not <laughs> worth it. Nope." Not, and I'm wearing Dot Martens today. Nope. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's it's the world we live in. It's the scene we live in, and it's definitely um definitely an interesting time and place to be. Um, I think it's up to each of us too to not get hung up on expectations like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like as we've been discussing, like scenes changing, obviously. I mean, we have people involved in the scene that you probably wouldn't expect to be just by looking at them. Yeah. Which adds that extra piece of, you know, like diversity and, and just extra ness that maybe it was lacking at one point in life oh ho ho ding 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 <laughs> gotta add a sound effect there or the uh oh damn rip peewee herman you could have done like the peewee herman it's the word of the day <laughs> that is sad that he he passed away yeah oh, wait do you actually like like wrestling i mean i like wrestling a good amount the band likes wrestling a lot <laughs> well i just saw um on facebook a little while ago bray wyatt passed away oh damn yeah um i don't know the circumstances but rest in peace Bray. my my sister real was really into um wrestling a lot when she was younger so i remember watching some matches with the wyatt brothers and, and whatnot so rest in peace no wrestling had like a big uh push when i was maybe in like fifth grade because for some reason you know how like the school institution of you got to go get like paper valentines so you can hand them out to all your classmates yeah 
um, for some reason, wrestling Valentines were huge. So I was given like Dwayne the Rock Johnson Valentines, <laughs> which was like a preview of more homoerotic things to come in my life, you know. <laughs> but as if wrestling sure. isn't, <laughs> that's just a that's you a know, that's a flag right there. I used to ask questions all the time about like some of the um outfits that wrestlers would wear and it's no disrespect to anyone that is a fan of wrestling it's no disrespect at all i just was a curious. lot of tight like, underwear yeah it's, it's a lot of, of tight spandex and and things i'd be like um guys do y'all have something to, to tell us or are y'all okay Wait. a lot of well-oiled pecs <laughs> bro like don't even, <laughs> don't even get me started like i actually like People like like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and like Jason Momoa and stuff. Like there was a point where I had to like not watch things that had those two in it because it was just very like it was almost like because they're such large dudes, it was overwhelming. Like I'd be like, yeah. I cannot I can't focus on the movie. Not even because I find them attractive objectively, but because they're such large people, I cannot <laughs> focus on what's going on. I'm like, dude, they're taking move. up the whole frame. Get out of the frame. I can't I don't understand what's going on. Move. Yeah. I, eh, you know, I mean, again, objectively speaking, they're both good looking, but it's just like, eh. I think, um, completely off topic. I think the thing about Jason Momoa that makes him like attract people's attention and stuff more so, and I think his attitude and just like how, um, what's the word, like, uh, I can't think of a, a way to explain it, but it's like how you are how chill basically for like mm -hmm. like chill and just go with the flow and very like down to earth yeah like have you seen aquaman i have not i have uh, technically i didn't watch the whole thing because i was like <laughs> wasn't my favorite I, dc movie but you know that's my i've seen movie. interviews with him though and yeah um I mean, I've never met anybody with like Polynesian ancestry, Pacific Islander of, of any kind, like who mm -hmm. didn't have that something. That's I, I don't know if that's like a um, an unfair extrapolation, but like everybody I've ever met who's uh, Hawaiian, Maori, uh, Pacific Islander of any kind, they just they just have that chill in control thing. Yep, it's him, Roman Reigns, um, another Johnson. Dwayne, yep, all yep. of them have it, and it's like it's infuriating. My friend Tracy, shout out. I'm sorry. <laughs> so my my friend Tracy Lynn, oh, shout out. Aw, she's wine. <laughs> nice. Um. So in terms of oh, I remember there was something else that I wanted to ask about. Mm -hmm. um, the fundraiser that you guys were doing. Um, it was feed the people. Am I correct? Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. Um, I, you know, that one's uh, fairly simple. It's just that uh, recently Rooney had been talking to me about wanting to um, be more involved with his like Fredericksburg community. I, he, mm -hmm. I think he grew up in Nova, but he moved to Fredericksburg and he loves it there. He's actually a teacher um, in oh, Fredericksburg. Okay. He nice. uh, teaches at an alternative school where he does physical education now, but he also used to be a, a history teacher. I think maybe that might've been in another County, but just like putting roots down in the place that he lives 
um, and, and doing more for people around him is something that he wanted to focus on more. And he's like, you know, I started volunteering at the food bank. I talked to them about like doing a benefit thing. Like, let's do it. Um, especially during the summer. Um, a lot of kids that depend on like public school, um, food during the year, you know, if they're yeah. getting like free lunch at school, that's food that they're not getting in the summer, right. Cause they're not in school. Um, so I know that basically every program that, um, that does feeding communities like that, um, need more help during the summer. It's easier to get, um, donations and stuff around Christmas time, for example, right. Cause people are feeling charitable. They're feeling in the, in the spirit of giving, but in the summer, there's kind of a lull. So he wanted to do a, a summer fundraiser for the Fredericksburg food bank. And, uh, yeah, we put together a couple, 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 two, three, four, five hundred dollars. Um, it was I sweet. Mean, hey, that's, that's definitely something. And, um, yeah. I love it when bands are able to like kind of raise money for each other, even if, or let me rephrase that, raise money for causes that mean something to them, even if it is yeah. raising for each other. Like I've seen bands that will see like another band say their, their van broke down or it's always the van. Remember, yeah, I know, right? It's always the fucking band. <laughs> like, um, or like they had gear stolen and they need to replace it. Or if they need just help getting home because they're they ran out of gas or whatever it may be. I've seen people like, you know, put that extra money into helping raise, you know, some funds for someone else. And it's yeah. nice to see and, and I've definitely seen um some folks here in the Virginia scene step up and um help each other out whether it's you know throwing a couple dollars or just helping them get on a show or whatever it may be um i've definitely seen a lot of folks that will are willing to go to bat for each other so absolutely i i i feel strongly and i'll speak for the band and say we feel strongly that if we're in this where we're going to put in quotation marks alternative music scene then we need to be applying that alternativeness in more ways than just making extreme music, right? Mm -hmm. We should have an alternative sense of community. We should be putting more emphasis on community, whereas society at large wants us to be individualistic, to turn inward, to focus on ourselves and, you know, how much we can accomplish, how much we can achieve, how much we can hoard. Instead, let's help each other out. Let's focus on community resources. Let's listen to each other about what we need. Absolutely. Um, so kind of on an ending note, what can we expect from lacking in the future? What do you guys have coming down the pipeline that we can be on the lookout for? Are you um, planning on some stuff early next year, maybe? Oh, yeah. Um, we got we got a, a couple of things cooking right now. Um, first of all, we want to get more hot sauce made because <laughs> hot sauce that we had made was freaking delicious. We need to do another run of it. It was like pineapple habanero Ooh. It was awesome it was um let me find the guy's page on instagram real quick um because it is worth mentioning we're gonna do more hot sauce for sure um we did some more t-shirts recently um but most um the thing i'm most excited about uh is that we're gonna do and you know spread the news uh a, a grindcore full length and when i say full length I say grindcore full length because that means it's going to be like, you know, 25 minutes or so, yeah. <laughs> um, which for us is about 20 songs. Um, so we're in writing mode 
we're getting as much done as we can, uh, maximizing each practice, trying to uh, get all these tracks finished and um, and get recorded. Um, it's going to be sweet. It's the first music that we've been writing since our former singer Rory um, has no longer been with the group. So it's a different style of writing. Um, it's uh, an interesting mix of genres, as we've been talking about. There's uh, a lot of different things going to be going on on this uh, this release. Um, and then we want to get back out on the road right away, too. Um, we loved being on tour. It's a terrible experience that feels great. <laughs> it's just very sweaty. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just like pledging. We used to describe it as the most fun you never want to have again. That's right. Except with tour, you just keep doing it. Yep. Um, after, after a few months of being, or a few weeks or whatever it is of being home, you're like, all right, guys, it's time to gear up again. I can do it again. I can do it again. Just need to fuel up again. Get get the ready kit together with the throat coat tea and the and the sleeping bags, and we'll be all right. Yep. Um. Well, on that kind of note. Matt, it has been fun talking with you and chatting about the scene and, and things and happening and learning more about lacking. Um, for sure. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you making time. Absolutely. Thank you, Jade. Absolutely. Listeners, you know how we get down over here. You know we always support the homies. So go check out Lacking on Spotify or wherever else you get your music. Of course, they're on Bandcamp. Buy merch. Go to shows. Be nice to your friends. Matt? It's been real, friend. All right, Jane. Thank you. Have a good night. You too, man.